If you like French fucking, black butterflies <laughs> is... Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. James Wood. Howdy do. And Nathan Hennessy. G'day, mate. How are we all going this evening? Bloody stunner. Thriving. Top notch. Thriving. That's, well... Three good answers, so we're all having a, a good night. Well, we're in for an even better night. James has already had dessert right now with his... I can see he's licking his lips. <laughs> oh, is that something I could fix there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh good, to, good to see you again. I, always, I'm always. picking up what he's putting down. Should Nathan and I leave? Maybe. No, don't. Uh, so Get my little knife out. Don't worry about it. That's it. Um... You can you can put up like the director's cut uh, of the review, like just a bit later, if you want. Yeah, if I can want. dig it. All right. Oh, cool. All right, let's uh, get straight into it. Got a pretty. No, uh, Nathan. Um, well, uh, yeah. Just don't worry. Everyone else, don't worry. James and I just having a moment. Rip a start, bro. Oh. On ya. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's get. Well, let's let's please go for it. the The floor is yours. Fantastic. So uh, this has been bugging me a little bit, and I've noticed it over the past couple of weeks as I've been driving to work more and more often. I'm assuming Adam's not aware of this, and I don't know if this is a phenomenon that James has come across. But quite often, when you find particularly busy intersections around the sort of inner suburbs of Melbourne, sometimes even in the city, just out of out of fucking nowhere, like out of nowhere. Just full dress, some some like clowns just come out and just start dancing in the middle of the road, just like juggling and Literal shit like that. Clowns, like 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 full get up, just and then like they'll they'll <laughs> do a bit of a pantomime and then they'll start running between the cars, seeing if anyone's going to chuck them a dollar or two. Are you okay? When did you change your meds? This is a real thing, and I'm getting the impression <laughs> that Zach's encountered this plenty of times because people are telling me this is not new. But I've been in Melbourne for three years and I've only just started seeing this shit. I know so, that this was a thing at sorry, like bro. pre-pandemic times. <clears throat> like there was like a massive surge of, of people coming out as clowns. Yeah, but like yeah. I haven't heard about this in years. No, no, this is a thing. And these are like, these are folks our age. Like, you know, fit as a fiddle motherfuckers just, you know, tossing balls and that around, doing a bit of a juggling act, uh, dancing around, you know, hula hooping and then ask you for a dollar and then fuck off before the lights go green. Yeah, right. Do you ever give them a dollar? Hell no. Tighter. Who has a dollar these days? What do you mean? Don't you Maybe have if like they start coming by with, you know, like little, 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 what is it? Little purse? Pay ID terminal or something. If they're walking around to the square. <laughs> <laughs> a little Squarespace terminal. Thanks for the tip. Uh, Squarespace? I'm baffled that, uh, so, so no one has actually like encountered this in person. People definitely run at your cars in Tasmania, but they're definitely not clowns and they're definitely not after a dollar. <laughs> Fucking clowns. 
Um, no, no, this not. is a legit thing. I'm seeing it particularly in the like I'm in the northern suburbs, so I'm seeing it around the the kind of hipster, pretentious suburbs. Your, your Fitzroy's and stuff like that. Your Carlton's. Yeah, we don't we don't get clowns in the east, mate. It's a, it's a thing. It's something. But anyway, mm. I've been dying to get that off my chest with you boys. That one's really been eating away at me. Thanks, man. I appreciate you waiting um, <laughs> to share that with us. Mm. I've been bottling it up, man. You can tell. <laughs> I can. All right. Well, now we've got that out of the way. Uh, who wants to talk about video games? Why don't we? I like video games. Oh, you video like video James. games, James. Adam, do you like video games? I do, mate. Quite a lot. Yeah, all right. Well, can you tell us about a game that you've been playing this week? Because I feel like you have a good answer for us. I do. I, I, I think I do. I, um, I've ticked off one of my pledge games. I don't know if this is the direction you're expecting me to go in. Which, it was not. <clears throat> cool. That's okay. I'm happy for it not to be. Um, yeah, I've, I've done now more than I did last year, which is finish one of my pledge games, which <laughs> big pat on the back for myself. I played Super Liminal, which turns out is only about an hour and a half long, but it was a cool little little puzzle game. Oh, that, one of those little chick pledges, yeah. eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have a, <laughs> I have a few that I snuck by in there, but I don't want you to... You can't retroactively go back and say no to my pledges, so fuck you. Um, but yeah, I do a, what I want. a fun little puzzle game that doesn't do enough for me to be like, oh, good, it's, it's going for, for Portal's Crown. But I enjoyed it for the, yeah, hour or hour and a half. What were you alluding to? What have I played that I've forgotten? Well, there might be an, an, an R and an E and a 4. No, I haven't yet, mate. Come on, mate. Sorry, I know. All I, I live to disappoint you, and this week is no different. You're playing well, it's super, not just Zach now. You're disappointing me as well. Nathan, have you and played Nathan. it yet, mate? <laughs> I finished it. Oh, for fuck's sake. I've, <laughs> I'm disappointing all of my dads. That's disappointing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's, sorry. It's, it's a masterpiece. Too busy in Ross, mate. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, they don't have electricity there. What am I meant to do? Actually, speaking of Ross, I actually forgot. How was everyone's Easter? Good. Apart from getting clowns and stuff on the street. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. It's fucking dangerous. Um, yeah, look, I don't think I've got an Easter themed. Do I go to church? Yeah. <laughs> mate, you got to celebrate the big old mate. Getting back let's, up. Let's circle. Let, I'll, I'll, do a call back. I'll do a call back to this later on just, just for the key, keen listeners. There you go. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. the big old mate. That's, that's sticking with me. Um, My entire Easter experience was I found one of the few coffee shops that was open on Good Friday. And then I was standing there about 730 in the morning. And these two dudes were having a conversation nearby. And one of them was like, I'm not a fucking Christian. What does it matter to me? So I was like, yeah. I get it, man. You and me. Let's get our coffee on a, on a Good Friday. This is nice. So uh, that that's that's Easter for me. Did you actually chat with this person? Oh fuck no! I don't talk oh, to right. people. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. What's Especially your, blokes, man. Bloke energy just puts me right off. What's your uh, order of choice? Your coffee order? Uh, I'm an iced latte guy. Actually, I think I knew that. I, I did know that. Yeah. I've asked that before. Rain, what hail, shine. Around? Doesn't matter. Oh. Do you go with ice cream sometimes when you're feeling a bit? Oh, no, no, because you're thinking of like an iced coffee. An iced latte is just like, you know, two or three shots of coffee over ice with like a splash of milk, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't go the full, no. the full no. hog? No. Okay. No, you don't need anything else than that. 
Okay. And the reason you get it iced, I learned semi-recently, is that if you have hot coffee, hot things change your taste buds. And so it warps the flavor of the coffee. And iced makes it taste fresh and real and exciting. And I just want you to know that. Thank you. That's all in your, that's all in your head, bro. We are learning a lot. Nah, that's science, man. <laughs> <laughs> Read a book, Nathan. Yeah, right. It tastes fresh. Yeah. Adam, what's your coffee order of choice? Long black usually, coffee? mate. Oh, I do know that too because I ordered it for you that time. Yeah. No. I love it. I love a coffee. I recently got an AeroPress and it's it's changed changed my my coffee making life. It's fantastic. What's what's that? So it's like a you know a French press, like a plunger, right? You, yeah. you just mix all the the coffee grounds in, you let it steep mm. for a bit and then you you plunge it. It's like that, but it does one cup and it has zero acidity. It's wonderful. You can have a cup yeah. of coffee in like a minute. It's fantastic. Mm. Sounds good. Nathan, Apparently, I'm getting kickbacks for for sales as well. Um, so you know, if you want to buy an aeroplane, what do you um, go, Nathan? Yeah, I got the plain. I got I got the white bitch one of the lot. Um, I'm, Flat white. I'm just latte with oh. oat milk. Hey, there's nothing wrong with oat milk. Don't put yourself down. I mean, it's very white. Out of so the substitutes, oat milk though, is, is one though. of the better ones. <laughs> yeah, <though. laughs> yeah, if, for sure. I wonder if James can guess mine. What a bloke's drink, mate. Uh, How do you get blue heaven into a coffee? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'd be surprised. No, um, I don't know. You'd like flat white, one sugar? Oh, yuck, sugar, gross. He's just no. he's espresso. Nah. Oh, uh, okay. No. No, I'm just what a I'm a double shot cappuccino man. Uh, you are yeah. a dad. Okay. <laughs> that is that is dad. In he's a dad drink and a half, mate. Like, but like high strung dad. So mm. it's still accurate. Mm. There you go. You, I played yeah. Code Veronica. <laughs> so did I want to talk about video games. I followed your lead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got to start on my pledges as well. Um, Code Veronica is interesting. I, I assumed that I would have a way of like, oh, I can remap these controls, surely. Nah, no, nah, that thing is a PlayStation bones. 2 port uh, through and through. Um, great vibes though. Yeah. Because mm. this is the first time you've played it, right? First time, yeah. First I've time. seen, I know what happens in the story just through like osmosis of Resident Evil, um, but this is the first time I'm actually experiencing it myself. And it's like oscillating between really cool shit and then people start talking and I'm like, oh. I love it. it's, it's Steve, isn't it? The like faux Canadian dude. He's yeah, such the a faux Canadian <laughs> twink who's like, up yours, man. I don't need your help. I'm like, oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello. You're not a zombie. <laughs> like this is how this dude talks is like, you know, Shit, the world's just burning down around him. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. How do how do the uh, the visuals hold up? I think it looks really good. Um, Cutscenes are the murky part. I think it was uh, similar with the Resident Evil Four uh, port stuff as well, though. It's like the cutscenes themselves aren't upscaled, but actual gameplay seems very sharp. It's very sharp. I have a question, but I don't know how to ask it. Do you? Let me think about it. I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it. Well, it's okay. just like you're, you're like you're going from like the best of the best, almost you know, in RE4, like the new mm-hmm. one, to uh, the older style, you know, with the older yeah. controls. Was there any any moments where you were like, "This is kind of a bit bum"? Uh no. I mean, like, I don't like it, but <laughs> not because it's bad it's just it's a product of its time it's like, okay. I, it, yeah. I can't help what it is the um, fucking transitions kill me 
Yeah, the so I, I'll admit, I spent about 30 seconds trying to figure out why I couldn't get Claire up this really small flight of stairs. And I was like, oh, you have to manually hit the button to walk upstairs. Um, not even a scene transition, just in just up to the like pattern. Yeah, it's like it's like four steps and you need to yeah. context be like, ka-doom, press it. Ka-doom, ka-doom, ka-doom. All right. It's good mm. stuff. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm pleased. It is quite cool yeah, in its own be. way. Like uh, this is my first time coming back to it after like ten years, so I can't remember it oh, yeah. at all. Mm. Are you playing it too? Yeah. After oh. James Finch, I was like, you know what? Why not? And I'm quite enjoying it. Uh, but PS4 store? Uh PS PSN, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think part of the reason why I'm quite enjoying it a lot is because I've recently played through the Silent Hill games and they also use very similar control scheme and similar well, outside of the scene transitions, they feel quite of a piece. Uh, Nathan, for you, where does it sit in the rankings, Code Veronica? Oh, like, well below. Like, no, no, it's not very high, but I don't think it's a bad game. It's just the, like it. there's such a remarkable step up in quality when you get to four, even five, I would probably put over it. Okay, do you... Could you see Capcom remaking this? I hope so. Okay. I would like them to, considering what, like, how cool four is, and just how bonkers they went with some of it in the back half. And but like, can you see really them surprising. doing it with Code Veronica? Though? Do you think that they would? This is something that they would go back to. It's going to be a weird one. Like, why would they go back to that before, say, Zero, for example? I feel like Zero would probably be mm. worthwhile going back to first. And the fact that they're like. Chronology-wise, it's technically before four, but after three, and the fact that we've already mm. moved on to four, do they go back, or do they keep moving ahead, going to five? It's a tough one. I but I do. I would love to see it. I would love to see how they reinterpret Code Veronica X today. Mm. I had many thoughts what does on the that. X stand for director's cuts. It's some director's oh, cut okay. bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. Because only uh, the PS, like the original version on Dreamcast was just Code Veronica. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here in silence because I've never played Code Veronica, but I'll be honest, Wait. the conversation is not making me want to. No. At least not in its current state. If they it's remake cu- it, sure. I'm playing it like it's a curio. Yeah. Have yeah. You, that's fair. How many original games have you played, Nathan? Uh, Nathan. Adam, sorry. Um, I've played all of the mainline ones other than six. Okay. So I think, Zero I don't think I've, I don't think I've really deviated much past that. Like the offshoot ones I've, I've not really dipped my toe into. Oh, there's heaps. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking hell. I've played one of the shit multiplayer ones as well, but I mean, we could sit here all night and talk That's about them, the it? shit <laughs> multiplayer one. options. Which of the five are you talking about? Op- Operation Raccoon City? Is oh, that? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. it was that one. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. That was bad. Like, <laughs> by one metric, though. Comparatively, sure. By your flag, in compa- in, Well, no. I mean, Comparatively, in, you know, when yeah. You, when you rank the actual multiplayer ones, that's not the worst. Oh, one of the better like, ones. It's number three, right? Uh, in the ranking? After the Outbreak Files 1 and 2. Oh, Outbreak is fucking goat, mate. Yeah. Goat game. Nice. Mm. Right. Uh, who else has played anything uh, they want to talk about? I've got a very exciting game to talk about, but I want to just see what else. Well, I've knocked off another around. pledge or a Fucking pledge. Hell. You pledge bastards. You want to come catch up? No, I mean, this one This one was <laughs> a piece of cake, kind of. <laughs> Dead Space. The Dead Space oh, remake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yes. I couldn't put that thing down. That was 
that was a delight to play off the back of the RE4 remake, particularly because you can see just you wouldn't have Dead Space without RE4. There's so much that translates over. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, there are moments in the 4 remake I didn't enjoy. Sorry, James, but the, the chauffeuring shit, still didn't love it. Still kind of made me rage a little bit, particularly because I was on hard mode. But there wasn't, wasn't any... What? It wasn't. I don't think it was that bad, was it? On hardened, like the hard, the hard difficulty. Have you played it on the hard difficulty? She she just no. dies at like because someone breathes in her direction. Yeah, right. It's it's just a constant frustration. Um, yeah, I hate that. But anyway, in Dead Space, the remake, there's not one point in that that entire game that I would consider like average or bad. That moment in RE4, I still don't love in the remake. The rest of it's terrific. But Dead Space mm. didn't have a downtime. Like no, it, it had no bad moment. I loved it from start to finish. Couldn't put it mm-hmm. down. Even on hard, loved it. Cool. There I was going to ask if you played it on a harder difficulty. Yeah, I only played these games on hard difficulty because, and I, I should write about this, but The Last of Us playing that on hard, like elevated what that game could be and fundamentally changed it without making it more challenging per se. You just approach it differently and it was better. And I've actually quite found that to be the case with both RE4 and Dead Space, but to a much lesser extent. Yeah, right. Cool. Uh, anybody else? I, into pl- the I played, um, I purchased and played Gone on the, the PSVR 2. I've been meaning ha- to. Having, having never played it before, that game is fucking wonderful. I, um, I was playing it and Key kind of walked past and after receiving some some shitty work related news, she was like, "That looks like a good um, a good stress reliever," and got into it so much that the next day she woke up and she was like, "Fuck, my back and shoulders are sore. I don't even remember doing anything." And I was like, "Mate, you should have seen yourself playing that game. I know exactly why your shoulders are sore." But it it really is a whole bunch of fun, and if you have a VR, you should absolutely give Gorn a crack. Wonderful little time waster. Damn. I think I've got it installed, so that's just kind of pushing Get around it. You'll love it. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> so, I managed to play a few hours of Crime Boss, Rocky City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk about bearing the lead. This is what the people want to hear about, mate. This is like Jackson exactly Goody. What, uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, real good. Yeah. This Tell is us. bad. It's a bad game. <laughs> um, and, like I, and I love my payday-like games. Uh, this is a clone, you know, to the absolute definition of the word. Um, you know, you'll be in a bank and the, the drill will fucking jam multiple times. you got to go and restart the drill, um, which if, if, if you played payday, that, that, that's a very common thing in payday when, you, when you're trying to rob a bank. But, yeah, so it's got... Uh, I don't know if you'd call it an A-list. It's got... Uh, fuck, what, Once upon name? a time, I guess they were, eh? Michael it's got, it's got A-list, but not like a, yeah. a capital A. It's just it's got a, a list. list. A cameo list. Um, Michael fucking Masden? Masden? <laughs> not, oh, the fact that, that you're struggling so hard says it oh, all. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I, mean, I even saw yeah, his dude name. dude from it's Pulp Fiction. That What is it? Michael... Madsen. Uh, anyway, him. Uh, Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, Danny Glover. You got... Yeah, Chuck Kim Norris. Kim Bassinger. Yeah. So it's uh, you know it's got a nice little buffet of action stars, but uh, yeah, it's uh, 
I think after about three hours that we played for me and uh, Jason, that was uh, that that was enough. And annoyingly, you can't. I thought it was a co-op game like completely, but unless I haven't unlocked it yet, the campaign is actually single player. So there's three modes. Uh, one's called I don't know. It's like co-op mode or something, right? And there's like five stories with three missions in each story, but they might be quite small. Um, and that's kind of it. The campaign, yeah, is a is a separate single-player mode, and I don't know why that they would make that game. Wait, so the campaign is single-player only? I believe so, unless and I it's, haven't... And it's like Payday. Well, these, these other sort of missions are, but and yes, it is like that, so... Those two things uh, don't mesh at all, do they, really? So... One of the campaign missions I did, uh, I had to go and retrieve some drugs that were stolen. So I, you know, broke into this um, garage, you know, or whatever it is, and then got the drugs back. And you know, the cops came, and more of of the enemies came, and had to go to the escape van, which is basically payday. And uh, that was it, you know. And then you'd get like a little cutscene, and the voice acting is fucking terrible. It is terrible. Um, I was chatting um, with... Uh, the, the, the celebrities in the game, are they accompanying you on missions or are they more of like no, a so supporting you cast? You play... At, well, in the single... Yeah, in the multiplayer co-op, you just play as dudes, goons. Uh, and in the campaign, you play as the Michael dude. Michael Who's Madsen. He, he's that, is it Madsen? M-A-D-S-E-N. Yeah, I thought, so. I thought that, that's what I said, yeah. yeah. So you, you play as him. He's like an up-and-coming drug king in this city. It's like set in Florida, like maybe like the 80s, I think. I'm getting like 80s vibes and stuff. Michael Madsen is playing Madsen. an up-and-coming drug dealer? I believe At, so. Isn't he like, not to be, not to, not to, let's <laughs> not. I mean, let's, nah, go on. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> He's old? Isn't the dude in his like 60s? Well, it's set in the 80s, I'm pretty sure. Also, okay. it's never too late for a career change, let it be known. <laughs> yeah, fuck my ageism when it comes well, to like, becoming drug He's either moved from another... <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I didn't really pay an, a lot of you know, attention to the story, but I believe he either came from another city or something to try and get a piece okay. of this city's pie. But yeah, he, he's like the new kid on the block. Oh, there's Vanilla Ice is in it as well. Fucking hell. It's terrible, bro. Like, just... This game fucking... Beats more ass than KV, right? Anyway, um, bad game. And it's on, <laughs> it's an epic exclusive too. Oui. Yeah, so that's how you know uh, it's good. When can we look forward to your review? No review for that. I'm not going to review that. Okay. Absolutely not. Too busy re- <laughs> reviewing the other big games, mate. The games that people want. Finding that evidence, mate. That's it. That's it. It's all about, you know, observing and, you know, inspecting mm. clues and that. Really homing in uh, on it. I know. You just got to, you know, put two and two together sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. Sherlock. That's it. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, we may as well go into it. But I have reviewed Sherlock Holmes, which I've talked about before, so I won't go too much won't speak too much about it. Uh, I say that, then I end up waffling for fucking half an hour. So, this is Sherlock Holmes: The Awakened. It's the remake of the remastered game from two thousand and nine. 
uh, but it's a full remake, so it's probably not going to be as good as RE4 and the Dead Space remake, but this is a... I actually never played the original, but having had a quick look uh, through some YouTube videos, this is a significant overhaul, like, visually and stuff, and they've um, integrated the some of the narrative beats from Chapter 1, which is sort of where Frogwares had their own spin on Sherlock. They kind of took him, you know, this younger Sherlock, gave him, like, a backstory... So they've included some of the beats in that. And, yeah, basically it's uh, Sherlock and big old Johnny Watson. Uh, they are roommates uh, in on Baker Street. So, you know, must be uh, earning a decent decent wedge but between the two. And uh, they uh, – I think it's one of Watson's clients or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he – one of his servants goes missing. So Sherlock you know, takes it upon himself as, as the good Samaritan that he is um, to find – this missing person and then it turns into this whole big web of uh of the cthulhu mythos or this this cult basically that, that's worshipping cthulhu trying to trying to bring out bring old mate um old mate cthulhu not old mate jc uh back from or back from wherever he is in the ocean but uh yeah so that, that's essentially it i mean if you played the sherlock games you know what this this is you got to um look and search for what's the word james Clues, clues, um, <laughs> and then you put them together in the in the mind in the mind palace, which is a very uh, well liked feature from the Sherlock games. It's like where you can put all the evidence. evidence. There we go, together, um, and that kind of gives you like so. Yeah, you you'll have all this evidence. You put you put it together, and the game will tell you if it's correct. And then it'll be like this is you know the outcome kind of thing. Like there's a nail here a tire that's broken and a car crash, right? It's like, oh, the car run over the nail, crash into the wall kind of thing. So, yeah, you, you put the evidence together. Some people might be a little bit um, or people who quite enjoy these games might be a little bit upset. It's not the right word, but they might find the game too easy on the standard difficulty because uh, it does highlight uh, items and stuff in the area and kind of just pushes you uh, to where like the answers and the clues are, but you can disable that. So if if you do want to go for the whole hog yourself without the game helping you, you can um, you can do that. Anyway, it's a pretty good time. I gave it a seven point five. Thanks, James. Uh, for the You're <laughs> welcome for that. Zach. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, not really much else to it. I don't really want to talk about Sherlock all night. Any questions? Um, when so this is the one that we played the demo of back in the day, right? Like a we few did. months ago. We no. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like in that yes. asylum, and like yeah, he sorry, woke yes. up in the the yes. dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. I thought you meant the other so, one, the other Cthulhu one <coughs> with the drawers. Oh yeah, no, no, we don't need to talk about that one. Um, no. So I remember at the time thinking that some of the camera work was like really close up in their face and kind of weird. Um, <coughs> is that a bug that got fixed in the final release, or is that a stylistic <coughs> choice? That I think is a stylistic choice. So that see, but Sweet. it's only really from that scene. It's oh, not okay. really there's. I think there might be one more instance later in the game where it's right up in like the character's face, right? But yeah, that's pretty much the only part um, that where that that is. And actually, uh, one thing I would do, do want to bring up is I actually do think the writing and the voice acting is, is quite good in this game. And 
in an odd way, this game, I don't, not to say it tackles mental health, but if, if you've played Chapter 1, you kind of know what the, the game is about and, and Sherlock's backstory and stuff. So, and they kind of make, they kind of make Sherlock feel very human and relatable in a sad way kind of things because there's often times where he, uh, and this is to do with kind of the Cthulhu and like the Lovecraftian thing where he's kind of losing his sanity a bit, but he's like questioning his, you know, whether what he's doing is, is right and the choices that he's made and all this sort of stuff. And it's, it's very, it's not like, you know, it's not going to be, uh, it's, it's no John Wick 4, but uh, in terms of writing, <laughs> but um, it, uh, the voice acting is good. Uh, Alex Jordan, I think, is the guy that plays Sherlock and Andrew Wincott is the guy that plays John Watson and, and they're both very good voice actors. It's like a semi-open world kind of like ch- chapter one and again there's problems that come from that where the world feels a bit dull and lifeless and NPCs are just kind of walking around with no real purpose and then you'll speak to one and they'll have the same dialogue, the same accent, the same voice line as six other people that you go and chat to. So at least there's no, there's not a bunch of people carrying rugs around this time like there was in chapter one. Um, so they've fixed that problem. But yeah, seven and a half comes out tomorrow. So the 12th of April, I think. Um, and the other cool thing about this game is that the reason why they've actually remade this, I don't know if you all know, James, you know, because you've read it, but they, uh, it was, so it, it was a Kickstarter, but the idea behind remaking this game was to basically give them fi- some financial support uh, because of people, because <clears throat> of the war in the Ukraine, pretty much. So they've had people from their studio actually go and fight and die in, in this war uh, against Russia. And this was just a way to kind of pay tribute to the people that had given their services and to kind of basically get some money in to um, keep the lights on and get them start uh you know give them a bit of a foundation to kind of crack on with their next project so as far as remakes go i'm i'm okay with it i think that that, that's a pretty valid reason like it does yeah Hmm? i say it's the year of the remakes that's it i think this is not a a remake in like a like a cash grab kind of remake like they're just making it just to make cash i know that sounds weird because that's what they're doing but I feel like it's come from a good place rather than just, hey, we can just make a quick buck on this and you know, be done with oh, kind of thing. Look, there's probably another conversation to be had there about remakes, but at the moment, like the remakes we've been treated to so far this year have been of pretty outstanding quality. So mm. it, it's clearly a promising ground to work from at the moment. And this is quite a popular game. Like I don't know if you've, if you've ever played it before, if, if anyone's ever played this one before. I'm, gonna, I'm guessing not. Been aware of it. Yeah. Um, I think it was it's like in the 80s on Metacritic or low 80s or high 70s or something. Uh, the other thing I did like, uh, very last thing, is that there's some little shout-outs to the Sinking City in that in that game. So Legally distinct shout-outs. <laughs> That's it. Well, it, it, it references the city. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Mm. Cool. All right, you can, you can read the review on the website now. Adam, VR. Hello. Yes. Dinosaurs. Yes. What do Mechanical they all have in ones. common? Uh, they all live in the Horizon universe. Excellent segue, oh. Zach. Thank you so very much. Um, I won't go on too much because I've delayed this review terribly and it's been out for fucking two months by this stage. Um, but yes, I've published my review for Horizon Call of the Mountain. 
And if you have a PSVR 2 and you haven't played this yet, you absolutely should because it's a great showcase of the hardware and the capability and what it's capable of. Um, for those who are fans of the Horizon games, um, you'll probably know more about the story than I did. Um, you play as a shadow Kaja called Reyes, um, who has been kind of shunned by the rest of the Sundom, um, but has been given an opportunity to redeem himself by going on this little quest um, to try and figure out why the machines are going on kind of violent rampages through settlements when usually they just kind of go about their own thing. Um, what this means for you is that you do a lot of climbing. I know that probably doesn't sound awfully entertaining, um, but I, I say in my review that climbing in video games has become a kind of a, a background thing, like in Uncharted or Assassin's Creed, it's just kind of a, a means to an end. It's, it's a, a way to get to a vantage point or just to complete a level. In VR, it's a completely different experience. When you're actually using your own two hands to scale something, it it feels, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's immersive in a way that's really hard to explain without kind of taking part in it yourself. And you also, you, you tend to get a little bit puffed. Key was sitting next to me while I was playing this at certain points and she was like, you realize you're not actually climbing a mountain, yeah? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just the, yeah, the physical nature of it and looking down and seeing a giant ravine and kind of being slightly scared for your life in just like little flashes is, uh, is pretty exhilarating. But the, yeah, I'd say maybe like 70% of the game is, is climbing and doing like climbing related puzzles. I suppose it's all pretty basic. You kind of reach and you pull the trigger to, to grab all of the things that you can grab, have that God of war or I don't know, any kind of open world, like a little bit of white paint on them. So you're never having to look around too much for, for what you can grab onto, which I think in a VR game is probably a bit of a saving grace. Let's be honest. Cause the last thing you want to do is be falling all of the time and kind of getting vertigo and feeling awful. So I'll, I'll give it a pass for that. Um, when you're not climbing, the climbing's excellent by the way. And the, like looking out on the vistas, which are fucking gorgeous is it just never really gets old like from snow-capped mountains to kind of green valleys with waterfalls like the game is drop dead gorgeous um it really is it is something else um the screenshots and gameplay you see um i i always thought back in the original psvr one days what you saw in trailers wasn't really what you got um in this it is like, if you think it looks beautiful in a trailer, that's what you're seeing, which I think is a, a, a huge, a huge boon for the, the PSVR two. Um, but when you're not climbing, you're getting into combat, which is probably the weakest point of the game. It's, it's kind of, I liken it to a, like an arcade light gun experience. You can kind of strafe left to right, uh, in these big arenas, there's no free movement. Whereas in the rest of the game, there is. I understand it would be a bit of a, a ridiculous task to tackle to try to get free range of movement and combat without throwing up violently or just shit kind of getting a bit messy. Um, but it's a little too simplistic here um, to the point where it's just a bit formulaic to just kind of step right, step right, shoot, and then kind of rinse and repeat. You still have the the puzzle aspect to it where you can kind of target certain points of the machines and they'll fall off and kind of 
get weaker or if you like on a thunder jaw, if you shoot off the disc launcher, it can no longer shoot at you with the disc launcher and that sort of thing. Um, but that and the, the dodging mechanic is a little bit off. Like I found myself even, even though I dodged completely out of the way, I was still getting hit. Um, so it just kind of made for a, when the combat encounters came around, they were fun for the first like minute. And then I was like, all right, let's kind of just get this out of the way. I'll just craft a bunch of electric arrows, stun, stun lock them into oblivion and just kind of get done with it. But yeah, outside of that, there is also a, uh, it's, it's called machine safari. It's kind of like anyone who played the original PSVR, there was an, it's called ocean depths or something like that in the PSVR worlds, the little demo disc that kind of took you into a, put you in a shark cage and just kind of dropped you into the water. It was just to, to show off what the VR could do. Very much the same. It's a great onboarding experience. You just kind of go for a little boat ride. It's kind of like a Disneyland ride where you can just kind of see all of the different machines. No threat of death. You're not going to fall from any great heights. Um, and I think if you have a VR, it would be a great way to kind of show your friends and family what it's all about. It's a very expensive one, mind you, being that it, the game is, I think, 80 or $90. But if you do own it, great way to, to show your friends. But yeah, the game is incredibly AAA. Um, it feels like a, a full experience. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I think the combat suffers from being in VR a little bit. Um, but overall, the game is fantastic, and I gave it an 8 out of 10. If you have a PSVR 2, you absolutely need to play it. Very nice. Awesome. Can I ask, as someone who kind of dunks on Horizon <clears throat> for its uh, writing and, and stuff, does this do anything to move that needle or is it still pretty nope. much a, like, yeah. <laughs> no, it does not. In fairness, like, if you're a, if you're a Horizon fan, this will be, this will absolutely blow your mind because you, like, mm -hmm. it's no spoiler, she's in the trailers. You get to see Aloy. She's also a lot shorter than you'd expect. Um, and you interact with all these characters that I'm sure resonate with a lot of people. Um, but I, like you, James, am not a massive Horizon fan. I've kind of, I kind of bounced off both games after giving them a, a pretty good shake of the sauce bottle. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's a serviceable story. It gets you from point A to point B. Um, but yeah, it's not going to change your mind on the series. Definitely not. Cool. Cool. Uh, do we know how, do we, do we know how much it is? Um, as I stole for time, it is, wow, $110. What is that? Um, Whoa, Jesus. That, that's expensive. How long did it take you to finish it? It's like, uh, I mean, it depends on, it's hard with VR games because you take so many small breaks because um, you kind of need to took me i'd say nine or ten hours you could probably do it a lot quicker if you are more like a better aim than i am um but yeah i'd say eight to nine hours comfortably okay how do you feel about 110 bucks i'm gonna assume not great look there's not heaps of replay value um, and outside of using it as kind of a showcase for your mates in the machine safari, you probably won't come back to it once you're done. Um, unfortunately, 110 is kind of, when you look at a triple A game these days is kind of what you expect. 100 to $110 is pretty normal these days, I suppose. Um, when you look at, I know it's not 
a great kind of measuring stick, but Callisto Protocol was a pretty open shut, like point A to point B single player game. And that was $110, but I think it's, it's asking a was lot. It really? it, Fucking sussy swipe. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, right there with you though. I, spade yeah. a spade. Okay. Hey. Question yeah. for you though, mm. is that for this, in order to play this $110 game, you need to a have a $750 console and then mm-hmm. an $800 piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No where's your, where's your question? Yeah. Sorry. What's your point? <laughs> No, it's all good. It makes perfect sense for it to be $110. I think the whole thing is ludicrously priced, but that's what you get with the, the hardware that you're working with. And I I mean, if you're, if you're big into VR, then I'm sure you won't have a problem with spending the money. But no, it, the, the price tag is insane. Hmm. Hmm. How much are the other... What's the rough... Uh, it's for a VR two game. You run the full gambit. Like I think I paid like twenty dollars for Gorn Pavlov, which is something that's a multi, mainly multiplayer only title, but is fantastic. Is about forty dollars. Um, so I think Horizon is no Horizon is definitely the most expensive PSVR two game currently. Um, but also I don't want to dissuade AAA experiences in that space because. I know there are lots of like smaller things or arcade titles, but I really would like to see more triple A games like Half-Life Alex for the, for the PC VR games. Like you, they just, they don't come about very often. It's, it's cool little arcade experiences that you pick up, play 10 minutes of, and then kind of put down. I'd like something that I want to come back to for the story and for the experience, not just little flash in the pan moments. Okay. Nathan, 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 yeah. Nathan. Let's um, yes, let's rewind time. Let's go back to Maho Kenshi. Let's wrap it all up, baby. What's Maho Kenshi? That was a game we talked about, what, back in February perhaps? Uh, yeah, quick 60 seconds on this one. So I think when we last spoke of it, I was mostly just describing the game and the nature of the fact that this is probably a little bit far removed from what you would expect of a strategy PC game or turn-based tactics, world overview type of game, thinking things like Heroes of Fight and Magic and plenty of things to come out of Paradox. This isn't that. This is truly, from top to bottom, a board game that has been... It's not a real board game, by the way, but this is in the spirit of a board game that has been adapted into the digital play space with all of the accounting taken care of for you. So it gives you a very advanced board game experience. It's almost like sandbox world with one or two objectives and you start off with just the ability to attack and dash and as you move through this world you're picking up packs of cards sort of thinning your deck like you would in deck building games building up the kind of cards that you want which are going to represent your abilities and then having the then potential to take out what the objective might be and there's quite a good variance in the objectives even though they won't astound pretty positive on the game by the time i've rolled the credits with uh, the fact that it not only looks good, but it does present a clean UI and it presents a very compelling case for board games as its own type of genre in the video game space rather than being some kind of hybrid mesh of borrowing from similar or uh, real-time strategy games. 
The things I didn't really like about it that I've very much cemented myself on is the theme and the writing. It's just flavor and it's the same issue that I said uh, board games have. So board games similarly struggle to tell, you know, deep involved narratives, at least in a way that doesn't detract from the gameplay itself. So this game has the same issue. It just slaps text over the top of objectives to make it seem like there's a reason for you doing the things you're doing, but really there's a bad guy, defeat bad guys, happy days. And there's all these samurai mages. They're just twists on different, like, I guess, South Asian themes like is a very general mix of cultures with no real regard for any one particular culture it just throws them all into a melting pot and calls it asia and therefore you play as stereotypes from that region it's a bit tacky it's not great uh but all in all it's a very strong board game in a digital play space so i was very happy to give that a strong eight out of ten solid very nice, very nice. James, mm. talk to so, us about the library. Yeah, so I sort of have a uh, opposite of Nathan problem this week in that uh, the library of, of Babel, Babel, I'm not really sure. Mm, I've Babel. heard it done both ways. I think Babel yeah. is correct, though. Um, <clears throat> this is a game that has um, like really cool world building and writing, but pretty average gameplay. Um, so... We've got here a, it's, it's pitched as a stealth platformer journey. Um, this is based on the 1941 uh, short story of the same name by Jorge Luis Borges, I believe is how his name is roughly pronounced. Um, the, the basic premise being that a, a board librarian who is Jorge himself, he wrote the story about a endlessly repeating library in which there was uh, endless bookshelves containing absolute gibberish but the idea being that eventually one of those books would be every book ever written or like everyone's life story. It's a very cerebral kind of weird sci-fi concept. Very cool book. Um, but what they've done here, this is from Tanuki Game Studio. They've created a, um, a stealth platformer around this concept. It's set in a strange kind of sci-fi dystopia. Um, every living creature is a robot of sorts. Um, and one day these robots discover uh, the titular library um, somewhere off in the jungle. Uh, they send a expedition crew in. The crew comes back changed by their experience uh they are now forming this like very violent cult uh called the carabist cult after their leader who is i think just carab cabor sorry um he emerges from the library and he's talking about like, oh, we have to seek the truth and seek the, the flesh now. It's all very, very cool sci-fi stuff. I, I'm not saying it's something I haven't really seen before, but it's all presented very interestingly. Um, surrounding this, you are playing as a uh, sort of a government-sanctioned seeker robot who needs to be dispatched into the jungle to track down the cult and figure out what's going on. There's your basic premise. Um, it's a side-scroller platformer sort of experience where you'll spend some time in hub cities uh, doing like some very basic dialogue trees, um, collecting items to combine in very like old school adventure game type ways. It's very light takes on these mechanics that it's not particularly demanding of you uh, at any point. And then the rest of your time is spent in um, fine platforming, but not great platforming. Um, the, the platforming itself, you're, you have a, a pretty sluggish but purposeful jump, um, which would be fine, but sometimes it doesn't fully connect with the platforms you're trying to latch onto, and so that can become frustrating. You got on top of that, the stealth component of this, which is a really cool idea. I think initially when Zach pitched me on writing about this game, I was turned off because I don't like 
side-scrolling games. I'm not good at the combat in them. I just can't wrap my head around a 2D playing field in this way. Um, and this game presents it as, well, you won't be combating, you'll just be stealthing through everything. Cool concept. Uh, a lot of it is just hiding behind crates while guards very slowly walk past you or while laser beams slowly pass overhead. It's a lot of waiting um, and you die instantly upon being seen, just like straight away. There's there's no chance of surviving. Um, this costs you a in-game currency that is also used to buy items. And so you find yourself in this kind of like, you make a small mistake, whether it's because the platforming wasn't quite working the way it should have, or you were just impatient because, hey, maybe it's not fun to sit around in that same level for another five minutes while you wait for the perfect things to line up to get through it. So eventually I found myself making these sort of like small unforced errors because I found the game to be a little bit sort of frustrating. I was getting a bit impatient in that way. And so decent platforming is brought down by like pretty average stealth gameplay, but the game itself is just really fucking cool. Like I wanted to love it so much. And so I did end up enjoying my, my time with it. Um, just because like the art direction is, I'm not sure if they've hand drawn a lot of this stuff, but it looks like they have it. It's beautifully animated. Your character moves that I think at like half the frames of the world around him. And so like you get a nice dissonance there. Um, the writing is this kind of like really extrapolated version of the, sh the original short story that is very sci-fi, very, um, like there's a lot of Blade Runner in there. There's a lot of stuff that like components you've already seen before, but they all work really well here because there's such a like deep commitment to this game's lore going on, um, that I found really compelling. It's just a bit of an uneven experience. Like I, I enjoyed it maybe more than most will because I'm a sucker for like really well-written, uh, adventures and, and games and stuff, but the gameplay does occasionally let it down. Landed on a, a solid seven. It's pretty good. Some people are going to love it more than others. Um, it just depends on how you feel about that platforming. Cool. Very nice. Very solid. Yes, solid. Solid indeed. All right. Anything else we need to talk? Any shout outs we got to give? Any surely there's a shout outs. No one's worth. I will have a preview up later this week on. Um, a game which name I've already forgotten, unfortunately. Uh, Immortals of Avum, a Avium, which is a first-person uh, magic shooter thing from EA Originals. Um, seen some stuff of that, can't quite talk about yet, but looks very interesting. So uh, keep an eye out for that uh, preview later this week. Cool, tasty. All right, let's uh, let's push forward into James's segment now. The news, mate. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, did, was I supposed to prepare something? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no, we're good. We're good. We're fine. Uh, it's just the news, lads. It's just the news. All right. Gamescom opening night live is returning this August. Uh, for those who don't know, this is kind of uh, Jeff Keighley's hosted introduction to Gamescom. Last year, it ran for about two hours, was full of a bunch of very late stage capitalism bullshit that we all enjoy so much. Uh, this is happening on August 22nd. Not really sure what's going to be in the show just yet, but given that E3 is no longer a presence this year, um, it certainly is going to be interesting to see what Keeley kind of like sneaks in there. H how do we feel about him as a host? I think he's endearing as shit. The guy's dorky, but he gives me the old school E3 vibes of like people who are on stage that, probably don't feel very comfortable on stage. So I, I can't help but endear myself to him for that mm -hmm. reason. I feel like he brute forces charisma. Like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think he's fine. He's fine. Like, yeah. Mm. 
be nice to see a few other faces rotated around the industry. Like considering he is now the he, he's effective. Let, let's be real, he's the face of the industry right now. Like in terms of mediator between the top end of town and the consumer, he's kind of become the face. Yeah, yeah I think the the main issue I have is that like opening night live. Um, Summer Game Fest and uh, what's the other big one? The Game Awards. They all feel exactly the same because it's him standing mm-hmm. on a stage talking to us in his sneakers. And as much <laughs> as like, you know, as as funny as it is to watch him kind of try to be cool, like it would be nice to have some distinction between those events. And just seeing him definitely doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Who would you... Um, Every year he keeps reminding us of who his friends are. Apparently he's really tight with Hideo Kojima. And that's cool and all. Really? Yeah, that's that's sick. <laughs> Hadn't heard about that before. Hey. Anyone you would recommend? Uh, t- take a... Take a uh, look. Take a look. <laughs> Based on historic performance, it has to be Aisha Tyler. I was going to say her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I feel um, dirty saying that because I know I'm taking the piss. But I, I really like her <laughs> performance in some of the stuff she's in. But mm-hmm. I just keep coming back to Ubisoft showcases. Well, Look, she puts her of, all uh, into it. You can't you can't falter on that. Bit of Who's Line. Uh, mm, all yeah, the of late. So. You would think that because of Who's Line, she would be better at, you know, taking something off the cuff, but... Ubisoft <laughs> keeps taking me I mean, back. in fairness, you can only do so much. She's mm. clearly a talented person, but yeah, I, I don't know. Was she at, like was she, was she kind of thrown in the deep end with Ubisoft a couple times? I don't know, but she keeps coming back. She does. I think she genuinely likes video games. So you know, yeah, I, I, I think that's probably just the only prerequisite that I would want is that I don't want just like a random celebrity up on that stage to do uh, this shit. No, I love the YouTubers that they got in to, that just <laughs> had no fucking <laughs> clue what they were talking about. So oh, organic. my Lord. Ugh. Logan What's Paul, maybe? Nah, Logan Paul gives me name. the shits because he's, he's jumped into WWE and he's taken to it like a duck to water and he's genuinely fantastic. So I can't bear him being good at something else that I love. I can't. I can't take it. Get your prime <laughs> bottles and fuck off. <laughs> No. Sorry, boys. Don't um, know where that came from. Yeah, no, look, let it out, man. This is a safe <laughs> space for you. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has received its final gameplay trailer. So uh, Star Wars Celebration happened over the weekend, which there's a, a fuck ton of Star Wars news that you can check out on your own time. But uh, while they were there, game director Stig um, Asmussen, as a name I can never pronounce, uh, and star of the game and personal friend of mine, Cameron Monaghan, uh, <laughs> revealed the final gameplay trailer for the game. Uh, apparently this is all in-game footage. Uh, we see uh, Cal riding a speeder bike, uh, some Coruscant exploration in there companion combat some pretty big looking boss fights um it looks great it, it continues to look fantastic uh slated for release on april 28th adam i know you are excited mate if i could just go to sleep now and wake up on the 28th to play it i absolutely would because this game looks fucking phenomenal and i absolutely cannot wait coruscant's a, a big one too because as far mm. as um like star wars lore goes we don't get to see a lot of coruscant after um episode three mm-hmm. so it'll be it'll be cool to see that in the in the throngs of the the empire's rule to go all nerdy um so yeah very very excited can someone explain to a dumb person mm. what all this star wars shit was on the weekend 
It's like so a four-day event of like yeah. it's just. But they've just announced like a whole bunch of shit. Like, is this like five, ten, fifteen it's years? It's all later, French or shit. It's yeah, it's it, like everything. It's movies, TV. It's anime, animated shit. It's games. It's like all of their properties. It's, it's you know how E3 is dead because everyone does their own little side presentations. This is Star, Star Wars, Wars is dead because of this. You've, you've taken that <laughs> weird like direction, but um, yeah. <laughs> but no, th- yeah, this is like E3's. Star yeah. Wars is E3, um, yeah. basically. Yeah, so it's like the next five years of their movies, five games, years. TV shows. Is that a do you want to do you want to sit and talk for like twenty minutes about all the things that were announced? I fucking do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. I'm not sure we have the the time for that, but um, yes. Nah, no. Zach will be asleep. Cool Look at him go. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's passing out. Um, is there anything right, good? Uh, like, yeah, okay. I mean, what was your me, favorite yes. thing announced? Favorite thing announced. Not game related. Off the cuff, epi- uh, volume two of Star Wars Visions, which is Excellent. more or less, you know, like Love, Death and Robots, how it's like an anthology of just like shit that's not connected. It's all a bunch of different directors and a different art styles. It's that, but in Star Wars. And there's a fucking Wallace and Gromit episode and I cannot wait. Ah, so exciting. I want to see more about this James Mangold film. Like, I'm surprised the James Mangold's gone so Origins hard on the Jedi. The, yeah, yeah. So hard on, after coming over from, well, I mean, this guy's got a storied career, but then he went hard into the franchise shit, like Logan and that. Mm-hmm. And now he's here, and he's doing what, like Indiana Jones as well. Yeah, yeah. I think they've just wrapped up on that, which is, I think, he's in the Lucasfilm fold now. I think that's why they've so like, yeah, well, very much truly, that way. But he's got yeah. such a good like career behind him as well. So it's not like mm-hmm. he's just come here. As because he's a, a mug that's going to do franchise shit and just leave it at that. Yeah. All right, man. That could be cool as. And I'm looking forward to The Acolyte, if anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, What's that's that? uh, Leslie Headland's show. She came over from uh, that's like was it Russian Republic, Doll it? on Netflix. Um, sorry? Is that High Republic? It is. It is in the gym, High Republic. Yeah, yes, High Republic is, is my current, my shit at the moment. So, yeah. There we don't go, see though. enough. Let's, let's get some more High Republic. Let's go. Truly. Although that Andor season two trailer, I watched like a potato cam rip of it. And my God, my God, that shit looks good. Very excited. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on from Star Wars. Um, We got our first look at Blumhouse's Five Nights at Freddy's uh, live action film. Uh, It seems like it's just one image of, um, I guess, the, the Chuck E. Cheese or whatever the fuck this thing is set. Um, I don't know. Does anyone have any particular thoughts on this? Or? We're a little bit too old, aren't we? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. It. 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 Yeah. It skipped me, unfortunately. But this was a an Ash Whaling curio, so I can't speak too much to it. But geez, I hope it's good. I know that it won't be. I know for a fact that it won't be. But it'd be cool if it was. Hey. Sure. Blumhouse has a like a fifty fifty hit rate at this point. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Reliably so. Yeah. Uh, that's that's coming out on October 27th uh, in theaters and in streaming on Peacock, if if anybody cares. Uh, on the topic of live action video game movies, we seem to be getting a Street Fighter movie for the first time since 1994. Uh, Legendary Entertainment and Capcom are teaming up to make this film, of which we know nothing else about, except that it is going to exist at some point. Kyle Minogue, what do you reckon? Okay. I, I feel nothing, I'm sorry. I <laughs> Did you ever watch the original? Um, I get, I've I seen get the clips of it, but yeah. yeah gee, you guys have got nothing um, there. Nothing. But yeah, very forgettable film. But yeah, obviously oh, her thanks, being in it, it's like the, one of the few notable <laughs> things. 
Uh, great. Good, good conversation. Uh, so, uh, Super Mario Bros. movie is now the sixth highest grossing video game movie ever after just five days in the market. Uh, that is $337 million in five days. Uh, this thing is sitting on 96% on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience rating, but critics have not been as kind to it. Um, have we all seen it? Negative. Interesting. And in no hurry to do so. No, offense yeah, look, to the film, fair. I'm just not... I've always just been a bit blasé on Mario mm-hmm. and I feel like it, going to the cinema to see this feels like an effort and it's just not one I'm prepared to put in for this yeah. just yet. You could catch it on streaming pretty easily. Um, Very happy it's, in, to do it's so. enjoyable. It's just I forgot about it the moment I walked out. Like, yeah. you know, it, but it's not for me. It's it's for a kid that's going to go like, oh, Mario. Um, but <laughs> I saw because um, <laughs> I've... There's definitely like two trains of thought with this from what I've seen on the internet of people being like, uh, who gives a shit that it doesn't really have a, a story. It's a Mario film. And then other people being like, yeah, but have you seen the Lego movie? That is also mm-hmm. a kid's anime. red. Like yeah. so many of these animated kids movies that are genuinely really good. That, um, yeah, that actually have a heart and soul. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can and see I'm, both. I'm this thing doesn't have a soul. Like it is, it's mm. barely connected references. Um, the first 15 minutes actually has a really good like okay they made mario like a real dude i kind of feel for this little guy and then the moment they get to the mushroom kingdom it just drops off a fucking cliff <laughs> looks incredible um but really not not a great script which again like yeah we could talk about it critically it, at the end of the day it's making its money they'll do a sequel hopefully it'll be better so yeah luigi's mansion please that would be cool Mate, there is a sequence where Luigi is in like a like a spooky sequence and his torch passes over like a dry bones real quick and it's genuinely uh, scary. It's really good shit. So good. Yeah, a lot of character in that animation. Um, finally, Resident Evil 4 has sold 4 million units already. Um, for reference, Village has sold, four, I think it was 7.5 since its release, like up to now. So like it's already tracking to... Um, paste that like immediately huge huge game um to celebrate capcom has added microtransactions i was just Um, about to say what a time (laughs) yeah it it really unfortunate this wasn't in the game when i reviewed it when anybody reviewed it which is yep it's certainly a choice they've made uh but the free mercenaries mode has dropped and with it you can purchase use real world money to purchase uh gun upgrades and ammo bullshit and whatnot uh which you can also earn in-game currency for it's what you always do in these mercenary modes um but it is also full of microtransactions and that is it's a bit shit i will be honest with you i nearly bought one of the weapon weapon upgrades and i was like Mm-hmm. Nah, but nah. you thought better of it, yeah. Well, because man. because I fucking cooked it, bro. Like I had the the challenges to get the spinals, spinals, um, and I forgot about two of them. I just completely forgot that I had these two challenges, and then uh, the upgrade was like 40, 40 of these little gems, and I had like I don't know thirty or something, right? So I was like, fuck, because I I was saving them to to get this upgrade um so i was like do i buy it <laughs> nah that's how they get you yeah. Nah, i didn't know i held off mm. the wheel was I'll, strong once i go back and uh, try to platinum that thing i'll report back in and if i was strong enough to not purchase anything yeah well i was reading something that it's very um not tailored wrong word but it's very attractive for people going mm. for going for that those uh 
S plus runs and stuff like that. Yes, I am yeah. sure it is, which is concerning because there was the uh, like the pre-order bonus shotgun, which was completely fucking broken, uh, and apparently that made doing S rank runs like a total breeze. So, oh really? All right. Yeah, already already some some fuckery going on there. But are you surprised? Are you surprised that Village has only done seven mil units? Does that number um, surprise you? Compared to, uh, I had the, I'm going to pull the numbers back up again because I feel like seven did exceptionally well, um, and then Village has seen a bit of a drop. Um, seven million is still will, quite a good effort, eh? Oh, look, I mean, like, but even like, so I was looking at these sales numbers before, like, even fucking Revelations two is at four million units somehow. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm willing to discount that though because. Do they count the sale as just getting that first ep? Because they'll... Uh, there's re-releases and... Yeah. That, that, oh, and across the, the episodes, aren't so straightforward you're totally right. One. Yeah. Like so how, how's that been quantified? That, I, I'm not sure how this breaks down in this, yeah. this little wiki chart. But um, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard is nearly at 12 million units. Um, that still just doesn't... Maybe I'm over thinking how big Resident Evil as a property is. Um, I think that these are like really impressive numbers for a survival horror franchise, uh, you know, well, considering that the survival horror kind of went away because the numbers weren't there, mm -hmm. like to see them pulling this and this consistently as well. Like I think the only dip really is like RE3 remake and even that's six and a half million units. What's two remake? Uh, two 10, is eleven okay. two, So just under seven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're, <clears throat> they're pretty good. I just, I know you hear of like the name, Resident Evil and you think mm. massive you know it's done film shows anime yeah but well I mean Resident Evil 6 was 12 million units back in the day so Ugh. RE5 at 14 Jesus fucking Christ sorry that's oh boy how much did Co-Veronica do probably about like one, one, <coughs> one, one let's, million yeah let's let's have a little 700,000 where is that in the fucking timeline Jesus uh, Co-Veronica nope that's Gun Survivor Mm. Came out in 2001. 2001. Um, PS2, Gun Survivor 2, Code Veronica, uh, 119,000. Whoa. He yeah, that might just be Japan. Though. I'm assuming that's not counting the... Um, is that, is that, is that uh, just Code the Veronica arcade? X? Is that just the arcade game? Is that how many ar arcade units they shipped? <laughs> no, it's a, it says PS2. Um, I can't find Code Veronica X in the list. Yeah. 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 Cool. Oh, no, I just found it. 1,592,000. So pretty, pretty small fry. Yeah. Yeah. See, and, that, and that's why I don't think, I mean, I, I do want to do an article on this. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that I've spoken with you, James and, and Mark about doing a, a group one. Um, but yeah, they're, they are small numbers. I just can't see mm -hmm. Capcom going, this is worth investing in. It, I mean, this is not really anything. It, it made it to the platinum lines of like, the PlayStation 2 and that. Like, it was enough for Seller to hit their platinum. That's a, like, a, actually, yeah, that's a good point. But that's a while ago, though. I don't know. It just never had the fan. I don't yeah. think. I'd still root for a remake. Oh, I, I'll play anything they want to make at this point. They they have carte blanche. I'll yeah. root for anything yep. as well. Agreed. Yeah. So. And that's the news. Well. Unit news. Speaking of, I've just dumped something into the Discord channel. Did you see mm. this? Sad news section, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> what, what have you done? Um, so it looks like it's relatively new news. I'm just getting the link up. 
so Media Molecule has announced that it is ending support for Dreams in September. Uh, this is from VGC. VGC? Yeah. Uh, the game will receive no more updates and players will get a storage limit next month. Um, so they've announced it'll be ending support on September 1. In an article posted on the game's official website, the studio has explained that it's made the difficult decision to discontinue live support for Dreams after September 1. Uh, to shift our focus to an exciting new project. Players will still better <coughs> play, create and share content on the game after September 1, but it, it will be receiving no further updates after this date. The game will also be migrating to a new server in late May at which players will be given a storage limit of 5 gigs for their creations. Players' current creations will not count towards this limit. Only those uploaded after the migration will count towards the server limit. Sorry, so it's not as limit. dire as the, the headline might suggest. Like it's not servers shut down. Sorry, everyone. Thanks for playing. It's just, it's maybe, you know, the being sent. Yeah, um, like it's being sent to Florida to live out the rest of its days. In Rock Cave City, mate. That's where the big old Chunky uh, Norris. Doing three years Chunky Norris. for a, a game like this. Chucky, yeah, Chuck Norris, mate. The Sheriff, mate. Sheriff Norris. Go again, James. We got caught up in the weeds there. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I yes, saw that happen. Uh, I agree. Yes, James, I do think so. Yeah, I think three it's, years is... Yeah, not not good. I, I thought they would have pulled this across to the PS5 because yeah. it only launched the year before. After. 2020. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'd yeah, like to know... Uh, I'd like to know player count because I think this is a wonderful tool and I think it's a really cool platform, but I think it's also quite a hard sell for a lot of people because it's it's almost too creative for its own good. And I, I it's not discounting it. And I don't. I, I think these sort of things should absolutely be made. And I think there's a place for them. But and I hate to make the comparison when Fortnite has you know tools that you can make your own games in, and they're arguably more accessible just because everyone's already got Fortnite and it doesn't require another purchase. It, it does make things difficult in that space, but I think dreams is really cool. I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. I dabbled when it first came out back in the day in dreams and I've, I've played some games like not for a while now, but um, there was some cool shit in there. And if you look, if you check it out, because every now and again they do, or like you, you know, you see there's articles or whatnot that um, people put out about new projects, and there's some there's some really good shit that's been made in in Dreams, like super impressive. But it will never escape Dreams. Correct. Which kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, that's it's where Dreams go to die, isn't it? I was hoping you would. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, no, mate, there's some more big news. Oh, my God, how could you not talk about the biggest news of the week? You Oh, AFL delayed. AFL 23 delayed. What is this biased news fucking segment? Fucking it's Xbox. It's my desk. I decide <laughs> what comes across it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so very, very quickly, AFL 23 has been delayed because stock of one platform has not arrived in the country as of yet, uh, but the other stock is here. So in order for equality, or uh, I think they they, they uh, began to put out a statement basically just saying, just to be fair for everyone, 
Um, yeah, the game will be pushed back to May four, May fourth. I think I think it's May fourth. Mm, See, the day, day before could take a thing or two from these guys. <laughs> oh yeah, what are, what are they up to? <laughs> they they put out a new video a couple of weeks ago where just dudes in a spa. I did see the spy video. <laughs> I mean, that oh, checks out. Good, I'm not even surprised by I that. I can't wait to go just shoot zombies and just go absolutely clean myself. Sign up with the lads. That's it, mate. Rock A City on it, mate. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell yeah. What a time. Tag a friend with whom you will go to the sauna. Thanks, <laughs> at, fantastic. At OMG oh. James, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, the AFL thing's a bit... Uh, if you want to read a passionate fan base, you should look at people that are keen for AFL 23. So there's a football forum that I go to quite a bit um, and there's a video games uh, channel, uh, channel, a page forum and, uh, yeah, they are just, some of them are not pleased, not happy with Big Ant. I think football fans just like to get fired up. I don't even think it matters what it's about. Like I was, I uh, while I was in. It doesn't help these on 4chan. Also on. a very fair point. But they just, they're fiery oh, folks oh. inherently, I think. I was in, when I was in Ross, my, my stepdad was watching a, a, a footy game and he, he goes for the Brisbane Lions. Dude was going off his tits. Yeah, and I okay. thought it was like a really Good tight man. game. I come in after the game and I was like, oh, was it close? And he was like, no, we flogged him. I was like, well, why, <laughs> why were you losing your mind? And I think it's just that's the nature of, of being a footy fan. It's a frustrating sport, mate. You, uh, <laughs> you never know. No, but uh, their, their main uh, beef seems to be that actually it's very much like the day before. So this game was due to come out next week, right? And there's been next to no gameplay shown. Like... Um, officially released gameplay and very little... They should have gone to Fortress. Information. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, so there is gameplay out there, even though it's potato quality and I was bloody half cut when I was trying to play <laughs> it. So, um, but yeah. Interesting read. It's been a, a wild time. And it's just three weeks. Get over it. Do you think the game exists? Even though Absolutely. you've seen it? I have seen my little source... Shout-outs to the source. They uh, sent me pictures, mate, of the of the case because they're stock in JBs. And oh, EBs, yeah. I guess. So. Like discs. No, I've seen it, mate. <laughs> I've seen it. It's conspiracy. <laughs> it's yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on to the off-topics. Anything to talk about this week? Let's start with 90s film of the week. The 90s film of the week. I was about to say, do we we have to throw one in for you or do you have one? I've got one and I want to give a shout out to Buddy Watson for inspiring this choice. We were talking about films and Blu-rays and stuff and uh, he mentioned Basic Instinct. Of course he did. (laughs) (laughs) Attracts. Um... (laughs) I'll leave out what else he said, but uh, it was, <laughs> look, uh, he's very keen to watch that Blu-ray at some point. Uh, the 1992 film with Sharon Stone, Michael Douglas, uh, some other people there. Wayne Knight, big shout-outs oh, to him. That's uh, old Seinfeld, mate, isn't it? 
Isn't it um, Third Rock or is it both? Both, surely. Are oh, we think didn't really watch a lot of time. Wayne Knight f- from Jurassic Park. Yes. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's um he's I'd... the antagonist on Seinfeld. Oh really? Newman. Newman. That's Newman. That's not Newman, is it? That's yeah, it is. Third Rock, isn't it? Wayne. Oh yeah, no, oh. he was Newman. Damn. It totally is. Man, yeah. What is Third Rock then? How did I never connect those? Sorry, parts? who is he in Third Rock? Was he not on Third Rock as well? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I meant who is he in Third Rock? Sorry. Whatever, who cares? Um, what a great nineties <laughs> film of the week chat. This is Basic Instinct. Don, Don Orville. Ah, uh, whatever. Um, Give us the synopsis, mate. The synopsis: Detective Nick. Shout outs to my boy Nick. Is tasked with investigating the murder of Johnny Boz. R.I.P. for him. Uh, he suspects Johnny's girlfriend, Catherine, to be responsible for the act. However, things take a turn when he falls for her. Oh, my God. Another well, Paul Verhoeven flick. Run yeah, a bit of a spree. Uh, this came out May 14, 1992. Made a box office total of $352 million on a budget of Not $49. Great. Is, is that, that, that that's pretty good, isn't it? It's almost ten times the budget. I mean, it didn't make back its budget. What? Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, you're wise across there, mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, but, but it's been a long night. <laughs> Gee whiz. Um, fifty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. You can watch it on Binge, uh, and on Stan, and you can rent. Special it. shout out to the bunny. Special shout out to the bunny. Um, Have you seen it? Me? Yeah. Yeah, well, like a long, long time ago. Like I can't remember. Oh, okay, got a- it. Yeah, Anything, cool. like, yeah. I was, I think I was quite young. Like seven Wait, maybe something. I'm thinking of a completely different movie. Yeah, I think I am. This is the one I where... No me. This has been a rough night for James. Does anyone know what this bunny is? No, no, no uh, idea. I, I, yeah, it was a uh, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> fatal Attraction, right. No, I don't recall that one. To, yeah, to be is... fair, I have gotten those okay. two confused before. Okay, cool. Sweet. She's you and me, Sharon Stone's in a lot of films where she just bones. Gets the kid. Yeah. The specialist. She was, she was a sex symbol for a minute. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Yeah. Still got the charisma. Was she in Species? Was that her? Oh, anyway. no. I think that was someone else. No, I think we that's should a talk about person. Species one day. We should. How good is Species? That's a terrible film. It, but it's something. It's something. <laughs> good. Um, I'm hesitant to use the word good. So basic, yeah. okay. So basic instinct two. For those playing at home, uh, is on a massive six percent of Rotten Tomatoes. What a stinker! Uh, director video sequel. Michael Caton oh. Jones. It um, this one James is right did not make its budget. Was it made on a budget of seventy million? So more than the first one. It just made a total oh. of thirty eight point six mil. I got there eventually. And that was the end of Michael Caton Jones, I think. Oh, he did The Jackal. That that film was all right. With Richard Gere, Bruce Willis, mate. Sniper Ghost Warrior. Shout outs. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was a weird cut. (laughs) Anything else, film wise? Who wants to talk about a film? So I've got some stuff. Hmm. Really I tried to watch Mithrian, but you can't rent it and I wasn't going to pay $30 for it. So watch this space. I might see it soon, hopefully. I, I can see Adam enjoying it more than... Yeah. I mean, Zach didn't like The Visit, so... Oh, I, I fucking hate that film, man. 
God, that is a... That is a funny film. That sucks. <laughs> the wor- I think it's the worst film I've ever seen. There are very few films where I would generally give a zero out of ten, and that is one of them. There is not a I, single thing I'd like. Jesus. Nothing at I, all. I do recommend watching The Velocipaster then. That that might meet out your expectations a little more evenly. Mate, I'm just I want the full fully flip no, I'm not gonna say that. Um so I was been finally getting back on now that maths is finished and I don't have to buddy sit there on the couch and <laughs> watch maths. Uh been pretend watching. sit there and pretend to not enjoy it. No, I have my laptop, mate. I'm uh secretly working. Oh yeah, yeah what's happening there? You know. But I was very sad when um Fuck, I forgot their names. I was going to say when someone broke up, but to try and pretend. Anyway, uh, but no, back on the French, 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 French. Back on the foreign stuff. I believe that's how they're pronounced. Back on the foreign uh, <laughs> foreign stuff. Uh, started watching a film called The Takedown last night with Omar Sy and someone else. Uh, it seems okay, but it's kind of like a, like a comedy thriller not thriller there's a bit like a comedy detective kind of thing uh, i'm being on detectives this week really getting into my evidence and clues uh the other one i've been watching is called black butter black yeah black butterflies which is actually very dark i reckon james would maybe like it maybe even nathan as well is it are we still talking about French films? I don't know. I can't remember if this one's French or not. Is this is not filmed. This is a TV show. This is about a writer who is I'm trying to think what's going to be too much spoilery, but it's like, it's it's like a dude who's been at he's was in jail, became a writer, and he's writing a book or an autobiography. You know, he's writing a book about this whole guy, and this whole guy goes into details about his life and this guy's a serial killer, basically. And basically confesses all this stuff and it's, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Okay. But also, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by it. It's giving Anna nightmares. So. <laughs> Good start. Um, yeah. So is it is it French though? It is French. It is French, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's on so Netflix though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, back about almost 10 years now, but I, I used to quite like French films. The, the the Nathan Hennessy play was first date get him to a French film screening, <laughs> while at the oh, time naively thinking yeah this would be like <laughs> this would be a bit risque but then also soon realizing that they're always like full on fucking at some point during like in a French film like that's <laughs> kind of goes to the territory, so it became a kind of like again make another reference to Arrested Development but like a the cousins Dangereux type situation <laughs> would always be. <laughs> Fucking well, hell. if you I like, I can see a young Nathan pulling that shit. If you like French fucking, like butterflies <laughs> is um, <laughs> that's uh, spread your wings and fly away, sir. All right, who else has watched something else? Cool. Anybody you listen got- to any good music? Oh, I'm too scared to share my music on this show here. I missed out on getting tickets to Thundercat while he's in <gasps> Hobart, which is fucking devastating. He was in Hobart. He's going to be in Hobart for Dark Mofo, so I'm I'm looking no. out for I'm looking no. out for tickets because I missed them. What? Oh, you better come up Melbourne way and do something. Hot oh, shit, damn. 
That would be sick. Yeah, very, very, very much wanting to to go to his gig. So, Nathan, I've, if you hear I've of anyone that you know in Tassie. I've just missed of his. Who's Thundercat? He's like one of the best bass players out at the moment. He does a he does a lot of like bass production work for a lot of heavy hitters at the moment, like Kendrick Lamar and shit. His music music is smooth as fuck. I would recommend he you. Loves, he loves he sings a lot about cats and Dragon Ball Z and shit. <laughs> it's, uh, that sounds like a really vague way to describe him, but it's pretty apt. It's pretty well, it's bang also, on. So. Yeah, I think he's also had, in terms of a terrific segue, coming back to earlier in the episode when we're talking about Easter, I told you there'd be a callback. Unfortunately, Adam tucked into that vibe and he helped me out to get back to where we are. So I believe Thundercat has collabed with Danny Brown, if not JPEG Mafia. Their latest album has come out, a collab called Scaring the Host. And one of my favourite songs on the track that I keep listening to over and over is called God Loves You, which has this funky gospel uh, beat running through it. But I thought, just humour me here and cut me off whenever you'd please. But Danny Brown, I've mentioned his name a few times, the, the bars of this thing are lit. So one of the first bars, I'm going to read it out for you because I know you'll appreciate it. In the in Easter tradition, keeping in the Easter spirit, that pussy on my face, I'm a talk in tongues. <laughs> I'm going to leave it <laughs> Nathan, I'll let you know, I didn't know where the fuck that was going and I, I could not be happier with the result. All right. <laughs> no, it just gets worse from there. Shout out to Jesus. Legs, legs in the air, screaming right. hallelujah. Um, shall we wrap it up? There's no Please. better place to leave it. Yeah. No, there's not. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. I hope you had a great one. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can check out the content www.well-and-play.com.au. James will have his preview. Sherlock, mate, go check it out. If you like Lovecraft, if you like clues, if you like evidence, this is the game for you, 100%. Um, and we'll have a juicier episode next week. I'm going to talk about another game I'm playing. Juicier? Mm. Mm. Looking forward to that. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And Adam will watch John Wick play Resident Evil 4. And, Watch three. <laughs> and you, yeah. you, whoever you were, is going to play Watch, sorry, Goodwill Hunting. Who hadn't watched Goodwill Hunting before? James? Nathan, wasn't it? It was fucking James, wasn't it? It was James. Yeah. You dog. It was James. Why do I need to watch this? Because you will <laughs> like it and it's a good film. Because it's classic. He wasn't here, it was me, but yeah. I was James, fucking you, I knew it, it was you. <laughs> James? Goodwill Hunting. Come on, man. Catch up. Yeah, bro. Is it the Meryl Streep movie? Oh, God. I'm gone. I, okay. Okay. Now, I understand <laughs> it's contentious to have described it as Matt a Meryl Streep movie. I'm out. Go the on. gun on the table. <laughs> Bye. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Chekhov's gun. Farewell. <laughs>